Violence and Harassment in the Workplace. We read about a new case in the headlines, we hear about it from co-workers. Some of us may have experienced it ourselves. It seems like workplace violence and harassment is more commonplace than we knew. But where and why does it happen? And what can be done to stop it? I'm Karen Nate Sekiguchi. This is How the World Works. Violence against women is the most extreme form of discrimination. A recent report from the United Nations found that 19% of women between 15 and 49 years of age said they had experienced physical and or sexual violence by an intimate partner in the past year. In the most extreme cases, violence leads to death. Manuela Tome is the director of the ILO's Work Quality Department. I asked her if workplace violence was a particular concern for women. Indeed, women are the disproportionately affected by violence. So, at work. Mm -hmm. So violence is not confined only to women, does not affect only women, it affects also men, yeah. and increasingly so. But when we are looking at the available evidence, which is scattered, which is patchy, etc., etc., it appears that indeed women are disproportionately affected by violence and harassment in the, in the world of work relative to men. Um, so most of the headlines these days uh, are about sexual harassment, um, sexual harassment of, of, of women, of men. Um, can, can this actually be considered violence in the workplace? Yes, violence in, in the world of work, or rather violence and harassment in the world of work, um, covers a continuum of behaviors, of practices that um, uh, share in common the fact of generating harm to the person who is victim of this behavior of, or conduct. Um, sexual harassment, uh, therefore, is indeed uh, a form of violence uh, which can take uh, different uh, manifestations. Uh, it can consist of uh, a sexist joke, so it would be a sort of verbal or, you know, um, verbal sort of uh, harassment. It could uh, consist of, uh, you know, pinching uh, and could uh, end up with, uh, indeed, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, there is a, a range, a variety of behaviors uh, that uh, create different types of harm, but each uh, and every of them have the effect of undermining the, the dignity, the security, and the health of the person who's subject to, to violence and harassment. I'm just curious because you were talking earlier about, uh, we were talking about the definition of violence. How, how did you manage to define what violence should be? And why was that necessary? Well, first of all, there is no internationally agreed definition of violence and harassment uh, at work or in the world of work. So different countries have adopted different, uh, you know, laws uh, that define violence and harassment um, in different ways. What do we actually mean when we talk about violence in the workplace or in the world of work? Yeah, despite the variety of... Um, you know, definitions, terminology that might be used across the world, 
there are a number of common elements. Um, and, and this uh, relates to the fact that violence and harassment comprise behaviors, conducts that generate harm to another person. So there is um, the effect of that behavior is to cause uh, psychological or physical or uh, sexual harm, damage, uh, to the person who is victim of, of, of that behavior. And the, the violent uh, behavior uh, may be carried out uh, with the intention of uh, harm someone else, mm -hmm. but that intention may not be present, and yet uh, the consequence may be that uh, the victim of that behavior is, is indeed damaged, uh, you know, physically or psychologically. Why do you need to uh, define gender-based violence? It's violence. Why is there a need to make a specific sort of gender reference there? Because um, despite the fact that both men and women can be subject to violence and, and harassment in the world of work, uh, women are disproportionately affected. In uh, workplaces uh, in which you have a workforce which comprises essentially men, let's take that example, the construction sector. Uh, in many countries, this is a male-dominated sector. Uh, the same applies to the transport sector. So whenever women are um, entering those sectors, uh, trying to work there, uh, they very often are exposed to a very hostile working environment mm. because they are unwelcome, they are perceived as um, trying to either take jobs away from, from men uh, or they may be a source of distraction uh, for men and therefore um, violence and harassment that can take multiple forms is deliberately targeting women in order to keep them out. So the recommendation is, um, of course, first of all, to uh, sensitize the supervisors uh, that these practices, these, these jokes, this pinching, or these expecting sexual favors from, from the, the women workers um, is unacceptable, mm -hmm. uh, is a practice which is not to be tolerated under any circumstance. It's, there is a lot of awareness raising that, that needs to be done. And at the same time, the other measure that has been taken has been to try to ensure that a growing number of women uh, who are in, you know, at the very bottom of the hierarchy might get an opportunity and may acquire the confidence uh, required in order to be able to become line supervisors because the um, line supervisors who are, you know, 93% of the cases are men, um, are uh, recruited from the outside. Are there particular sectors uh, or particular even regions uh, where workers are more vul vulnerable and in particular uh, women or men? Um, where are they most vulnerable? 
I think it's important to make it clear that there is no sector or occupation or type of enterprise or a type of worker which is um, intrinsically violent or, you know, uh, subject to, to, to violence. Um, nonetheless, uh, there are a number of circumstances and factors uh, that uh, whose presence may indeed um, increase the risk that uh, violence and harassment may occur. So, for instance, um, uh, jobs or occupations that may entail a lot of interaction with third parties, with clients, with uh, students, with uh, um, patients, mm -hmm. um, uh, are indeed more exposed to um, to possible violent behavior from these third parties. And um, uh, workers may work in very relatively remote or isolated areas mm -hmm. uh, or um, during uh, so-called unsocial hours, meaning over the weekends or at night, mm -hmm. in which um, there might be uh, you know, public transportation may be less easily available, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, uh, public light uh, might uh, uh, not be that good, and therefore, uh, you know, workers might indeed be more exposed to possible assaults um, when they are, you know, returning, returning home, for instance. Okay. Another risk factor has to do with the organization of work, where workers are faced with delivery goals that are totally unrealistic in terms of time or quantity. Goals that are basically mission impossible. Goals that are to be achieved uh, within a certain time frame by the, by the worker, uh, when they are set in a, in a totally unrealistic manner, when uh, it is very clear to both the manager and the worker concern that these targets uh, are mission impossible, achieving them is mission impossible. This, of course, is a form of, of, of psychological violence because it has the effect of creating considerable pressure on the worker to, to perform, to deliver, um, knowing that uh, either the means that that worker has at disposal are not sufficient uh, or are not adequate to allow him or her to deliver what is expected within the given time frame. Mm -hmm. And so this may uh, generate all sorts of um, uh, health problems, right? Sleep disorders, uh, anxiety, uh, stress, mm -hmm. that may, of course, jeopardize the, the health of the worker and who may indeed then lead that worker to quit mm -hmm. uh, because he or she cannot cope so with the pressure. I think people uh, will, will agree that violence has always existed in some form in the workplace. People probably think of it more as uh, sporadic something mm -hmm. that's isolated, mm -hmm. uh, somebody goes postal, let's say, mm -hmm. this sort of violence at work. When you talk about it as a phenomenon, to me that, that sounds like it's become much more commonplace. It's, it's becoming um, an issue which is um, being increasingly considered to be um, unacceptable and requiring some bold action. So it's the result of growing awareness. Awareness 
and empowers also the victim of, of violence and harassment. Mm -hmm. and, and also I think one has to acknowledge that um, in many instances, those who are victims of violence and harassment uh, feel that they are somehow guilty, that they are deserving uh, this this behavior, mm -hmm. uh, that they are not um, you know good enough, uh, that they are have failed. Mm -hmm. The psychological um, aspect is also very very important. So the fact that now there is a growing attention which is being paid by the media to this subject matter is extremely important mm -hmm. because it is indeed uh, encouraging. Uh, people to come to the fore to to denounce even facts and events that happened many years back, but they feel empowered they they do not fear retaliation or they do they do not fear to be demonized as uh, you know somehow uh, being deserving uh, yeah. this uh, certainly the awareness is bringing out more uh, cases and uh, empowering women and men to, to, to flag it as, as a problem, which before, I guess, was not recognized as a phenomenon in the world of work. Or a phenomenon which, is, which was part of the, you know, the normal routine. You know, when, when violence and harassment, uh, you know, these sexist jokes, mm -hmm. there's... Um, Yelling at um, catcalling from construction sites, things yeah, like that. Yeah, for instance, yeah. Uh, you know, where where or even exposing uh, also calendars uh, that have you know pictures of naked women um, have always been part of the landscape of certain workplaces mm -hmm. and was accepted as normal there is an acknowledgement that this type of behaviors and the exposure of this type of materials can indeed be insulting mm -hmm. towards women and therefore uh, inconsistent with a workplace that want to be productive, that want to attract and retain more, more, more people, and including women. Mm -hmm. And if those type of behaviors um, and practices are left unchecked, they can escalate because it's normal. It's, it's very difficult then to distinguish between what is acceptable, tolerated, and what should by no means be considered as normal behavior. See, yeah. So this is why we also look at violence and harassment as a continuum of practices. It's not only the fact that uh, it's it's in, in practical terms it may be difficult to um, you know distinguish yes uh, if you start with sexist jokes if you make um, comments on the way in which your colleague is dressed or how you know beautiful she looks today uh, then if, if there is no sort of limit to, to what is indeed um, welcome and acceptable exchanges, these may indeed escalate into something much more serious, right? such as you know, sexual assault, I mean physical assault. But surely the laws that exist 
protecting people from violence and harassment in, in society extend into the workplace. Well, but what you have, you have uh, laws that deal with um, violence and harassment at work, and then you have uh, laws that deal with uh, domestic violence. You see, so you need indeed you need indeed these different pieces of law because violence is perpetrated, uh, you know, by different actors or in different circumstances. These different pieces of law that deal with the same problem but occurring in different contexts and involving different actors do not speak to each other and are not consistent. So indeed, one of the challenges is to make sure that this pe these different pieces of law indeed are um, crafted in a way that they would reinforce each other and, 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 and maximize the overall impact. So you're, you're talking about violence in a very much expanded sort of concept when you're talking about psychological violence. I mean, I think most people will think of it as physical or sexual harassment or violence. But when you expand it to psychological violence, uh, other forms, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, that must mean that there are other forms of violence that maybe were, you know, with, uh, the way technology and our ability to work outside of a, an office building. Uh, is violence uh, reaching out and, and taking new forms um, still within the world of work? Violence has always existed. Um, but technological innovations may uh, also uh, provide and is indeed providing new channels whereby violence and harassment can occur and take place. Mm -hmm. And this is the case uh, of, uh, for instance, cyberbullying, in which you know, um, a co-worker or a subordinate or a manager um, can indeed be... Um, the target uh, of um, uh, threatening or insulting uh, messages that are indeed sent in the in the in the cyberspace, um, and that uh, may be very recurrent, uh, and may therefore create a lot of discomfort uh, mm -hmm. uh, and stress mm -hmm. uh, in the in the person who is the, the target of, of these messages. There are a number of algorithms that are being uh, currently used uh, in order to assess uh, the performance and productivity of uh, an employee. These are being used, um, for instance, with um, um, bar or restaurant uh, attenders. Um, or also in the context of um, uh, workers in call centers. So there is a recording of uh, how many clients you were able to serve in a given period of time, um, how long did you spend in talking to them, how effective you were in making them buy the most expensive items uh, on the menu. So, you know, there are a number of, of, um, of um, indicators of uh, performance uh, that can be indeed checked systematically uh, through these new technologies. 
Now, um, if properly used, they could indeed be um, a tool that uh, could offer a basis for discussion between, you know, the worker, the employee, and the manager. Um, it also leaves open the opportunity for absolutely, abuse. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and yeah. certainly from a psychological viewpoint, there is an, an, a tremendous pressure, um, and this is also very much uh, linked to the concept of intensification of work. So the expectations in terms of the number of clients that you need to serve within um, a particular period of time um, increases, while at the same time you need to be you know, efficient and nice and smiling and, and, uh, and, and providing um, you know, a tailored service uh, to the client that, uh, that you have in front of you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these algorithms, so again, technological innovation that um, can, if uh, improperly used, uh, become a source of distress and another channel whereby indeed um, uh, psychological pressure could be exerted uh, and, undue, and, and unrealistic expectations uh, be indeed uh, the source then of you know burnout and, and anxiety and, and eventually you know dismissal of, of the work. What are you looking into with your experts? What, what, what is the debate and what is the discussion and what is the sort of desire at the end of the day uh, around workplace, uh, around putting a convention or an instrument around a work, a workplace violence? The ILO has been dealing with the issue of violence and harassment in the world of work in a very patchy manner. So this is not a new subject. To the ILO and to the world of work more generally. But the ILO has dealt with it um, in the context of, uh, for instance, of instruments that were dealing with particular groups of workers. But the ILO has never before um, adopted an instrument which defines what violence and harassment is and which clarifies what is the scope of application of an instrument in this area. So I think that uh, the, the fact that the ILO and its constituents have decided that the time was ripe for um, moving towards the adoption of uh, a new uh, international instrument on the subject matter is a reflection of the growing awareness uh, of the of the tremendous um, uh, and negative effects of violence and harassment in the world of work on the individuals that are affected directly by it, but also for you know the productivity, competitiveness, performance of enterprise and the economy at large. This is a real core. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of, yeah, issue for you, and I just want to well, understand we, that better. Um, the, the ILO is, is entering the second centenary of its existence. Yeah. And it has always been advocating um, you know, social justice, uh, decent work. And a key element, a key piece of decency at, at work is dignity.
violence and harassment uh, in the world of work is uh, a threat to dignity. We will never be able, as I said, to achieve a more equal world if we are, if we are not going to, to deal with this issue in a serious manner and with very bold action. Um, and the world today is, is now, I think, um, the world society is now ripe to, to listen to this uh, type of, uh, of message.